and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with a Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 15, Growing with the Tao. People in the past who practiced the Tao understood the real essence of the world so deeply that the ordinary people could not appreciate them. Because these people cannot be appreciated and understood, I will try to give you a rough sketch of them. They acted very cautiously, like walking on thin ice. They behaved very carefully, like being watched by everyone. They looked very dignified, like going to a banquet. They were very warm and kind, like being able to melt ice. They were very plain, like a block of uncarved wood. They had a very big heart, like a deep valley. They were very tolerant, like a flooding river that contains everything. Who can get clear water from mud by letting the mud settle slowly? Who can create new things gradually from stillness by taking the initiative? These people who kept the Tao were never conceited. Only because they were not conceited were they able to create the future while preserving the past. That's verse 15 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Xiaolin Yang. Next, let's break it down. This verse has three parts to it, and we'll take each part one idea at a time. Part 1 talks about examples of the subtle wisdom and the depth of understanding of the ancient practitioners of the Tao. Part 2 talks about turning off the senses, like verse 12 does. And part 3 recommends dissolving the ego by concentrating on the Tao. So where are these parts? Well, 
part one talks about examples of the subtle wisdom and depth of understanding. So basically almost the whole verse <laughs> It's part one. Um, okay. So, uh, Shaolin Yang translates people in the past who practiced the Tao understood the real essence of the world so deeply and that they cannot be appreciated and understood. So she says, I'll give you a rough sketch of them. And now we look at the qualities, very cautious, very careful, dignified, warm and kind, plain, um, big hearts and tolerant. So those are basically just qualities, you know, as we're kind of talking about the Tao, notice that we haven't been able to actually explain it. In fact, one of the first things that Lao Tzu tells us is that the Tao that can be named is not the Tao, right? Or not the eternal Tao. Okay. So, um, in the same way, we're kind of just describing around the examples of the past. Now, that's part one. One important concept in Taoism that I've been able to discover so far is the concept of the block of uncarved wood. And I think the way that's actually pronounced is I'm probably not going to pronounce it correctly, but I'm going to have a go. Poo. <laughs> that's P apostrophe U. And basically it means that a block of uncarved wood, at least what it, okay. So this is what it means to me is that there's incredible beauty on the inside, but it's all covered by that, which seems very plain. And I think that's at least my interpretation of what Lao Tzu is getting at when he talks about that. Okay. So that's part one. Now, part two is where we kind of revisit this idea of turning off the senses. And this is where it says that who can get clear water from mud by letting the mud, the mud settle slowly and who can create new things gradually from stillness by taking the initiative. To me, that's basically another reflection of if we turn off the senses, that means we stop paying attention to what's going on with my five senses and maybe my senses of accomplishment and pride. And I use my inner vision. Does that sound familiar? Uh, that's how I get my dusts to settle or the muddy waters to settle. Now, the third part talks about dissolving ego by concentrating on the Tao. So Xiaolin Yang translates, these people who kept the Tao were never conceited only because they weren't, were they able to create the, pu the future while preserving the past. So to me, that basically says, hey, look, uh, if you're finding a challenge with all of this, like you, you can't deliberately set out to be exactly like our examples, then just follow the Tao and everything kind of falls into place. That's at least my take on it. Okay, so to wrap this verse up, let's remember that verse 15 has three parts. The first part is when we're looking at examples of the subtle wisdom and the depth of understanding of the ancient practitioners of the Tao. Part two talks about turning off the senses, sort of like verse 12. And part three says, well, let's work on dissolving the ego by concentrating on the Tao. Okay, so let's put that back together. I'll read verse 15 again. People in the past who practiced the Tao understood the real essence of the world so deeply that the ordinary people could not appreciate them. 
Because these people cannot be appreciated and understood, I will try to give you a rough sketch of them. They acted very cautiously, like walking on thin ice. They behaved very carefully, like being watched by everyone. They looked very dignified, like going to a banquet. They were very warm and kind, like being able to melt ice. They were very plain, like a block of uncarved wood. They had a very big heart, like a deep valley. They were very tolerant, like a flooding river that contains everything. Who can get clear water from mud by letting the mud settle slowly? Who can create new things gradually from stillness by taking the initiative? These people who kept the Tao were never conceited. Only because they were not conceited were they able to create the future while preserving the past. Now let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering growing into the Tao. There's three. Number one is using hindsight as a guide. Number two is settling our muddy water. And three, practice means growth. Using hindsight as a guide. Did you ever notice how the past is usually either all bad or all good? Most of the time when I reminisce about my experiences, I remember the good and cool things that happened. I tend to forget my roommate's quirks or a past girlfriend's mean streak. <laughs> or <laughs> during particular periods like my angry phase last year in high school, how I got really good at playing the guitar. I don't remember the details, just that I was frustrated most of the time and turned my attention to a cool outlet that I really enjoyed. The part that I remember about that year is that I was angry a lot. I also remember that I got pretty good at the guitar and I really liked it. So there's kind of a dual thing there. My sense is that the ancients Lao Tzu talks about here are no exception to this view of the past with 2020 vision. Of course, we can revere and respect our elders and those that have come before us. That's a great practice. I also feel that we can use our clear memories of the ancients to help us direct our present day lives. I also want to remember that the ancients were people too. I'll bet they had relationship problems. He said, she said issues. And I'll bet they hurt each other's feelings occasionally. Of course they did. They're human. Just like you and me. But that's okay. What we see after all this time are the qualities that they strove to exhibit and more importantly, practice. Lao Tzu says the elders were cautious. They were alert, dignified, humble, genuine, open-minded, and clear. I'll bet you're the same way. I'll bet your family members are the same way. Maybe not 100% of the time, but who is? So far, we've seen that we as humans are all capable of these qualities. And when we are thinking of others or living in harmony with the Tao, these qualities automatically appear in our lives. By remaining aware and watchful, I can realize when I'm being presented with an opportunity to consciously choose alert, dignified behavior over basic instincts. I can choose humility over pride and judgment, authenticity over fakeness, 
and open-mindedness over narrow thinking. When I choose these things consciously, I am setting my thoughts and attitudes in a direction that emulates our role models of the past and therefore am practicing in 2020 rather than remembering it. Next, let's talk about how exactly I can practice being aware. Settling our muddy waters. It's about six months ago. Professionally, I've been successful in some of my projects. I've gained traction in them and am, I think, making a difference. During the course of my work, I get glimpses of what I can do to improve, but they're so numerous and small, I can't seem to remember all of them. At home, things are good. My relationship with my spouse is going well. We've been bonding lately and even sharing some fun times. Of course, challenges pop up, but nothing that we haven't been able to handle. Mentally, though, I'm a little bit of a mess. I can't seem to concentrate on things. I get worried more than I like, and my thoughts are just going on and on and on. I've tried a few times already to get them to settle down, but it's been so difficult. They just seem to want to run by themselves. So, you know, life, life is happening. <laughs> the waters are muddy. The flow of the current seems to be in order. There are fish and plants and little crabs in the water, and things are just going the way that they're supposed to with everything in motion. At this point, I realize that I do need some space, though. So, I go camping with a friend of mine. We find what we think will be a secluded spot, but it so happens that a lot of other people think that it's a secluded spot, too. So, we don't really have the area to ourselves. Instead of sitting in silence, like we had planned, we watch the other people laughing, relaxing, and having fun with each other. And you know what? We enjoy watching. The people leave at sunset, and we make a fire. We sit there, talking about life in general, watching the flames. There's a crackle from the logs once in a while. I ask my friend what he'll do when we get back, and he responds with a few things that have suddenly become clear. For me, the same effect. I know that professionally, I can focus on creating more content for the next few months. Relationship-wise, I know that I can make an effort to listen more. Mentally, I know why my thoughts have been scattered. It becomes clear to me that the reason I can't concentrate is because I've been procrastinating on a few things, and that has led to some anxiety and fear about what will happen if I don't do them. So the next day, we go home refreshed and with new perspectives ready to do our respective tasks for forward motion. A week later, we're talking on the phone, sharing our lives. He has moved past the things that were holding him back, and I did the things I knew I had to, and am now free to think of other things. The mental clarity has returned. Meditation is blissful once again. Have you noticed that when you go on vacation or you get away for a while that you return refreshed and with a clearer perspective of things? I have for sure, evidenced by the short story. There's something about the distance I get from what I like to call recurring thought patterns that helps me to see things more clearly. You could be a trip, a vacation, or even a night out with friends. Sometimes it's just driving to another part of town I'm not used to and just being in a different environment. So that got me thinking. The common thing that all these activities have is a distance from my thoughts. I wondered, what if I could get that distance from my thoughts without having to go anywhere? 
Because <laughs> in verse 47, this is an episode that we'll do a little later. Lao Tzu says this. Without stepping outside one's doors, one can know what is happening in the world. Without looking out of one's windows, one can see the Tao of heaven. <laughs> so that's just an excerpt, right? So I tried an experiment. The point was to see if I could get that same amount of clarity by simulating distance from my thoughts. So I decided that I would sit in silence without any music, phone, without anything for about an hour to see what happened. And I discovered that a similar effect occurred. At the 45 minute mark, my thoughts slowed way down. And all of a sudden, the things that I've been ruminating on for the past day just lost their luster and didn't seem as important anymore. In only an hour, I had gained a similar clarity on my life that I got when I went on that camping trip with my friend. Only instead of having to plan, go somewhere, and buy stuff and tell myself I was enjoying, all I had to do was nothing for an hour. That's pretty efficient. <laughs> Since then, I, d I don't do it regularly, but from time to time, I'll repeat the exercise. I call it settling my dust. Or in this case, settling the muddy waters. So what was going on there? I think, in essence, I was doing the same thing we talked about in the first section of this episode. I was putting some distance between me and everything that was going on so I could see it clearly. I was deliberately creating a perspective shift. I think the coolest part is I don't need to go anywhere to get this shift, nor do I need to spend days away to get it. All I need to do is to sit quietly and allow the shift to occur doing nothing is pretty cool i would encourage you to do this sometime it's very easy just sit down for an hour and observe your environment if you sense your thoughts running away from you that's okay just remember to stay as aware of them as you can while you're doing it gaining clarity from time to time is so powerful it helps me get back in touch with the guiding aspects of the Tao we mentioned in the beginning part of this episode. Dignified behavior over basic instincts. Choosing humility over pride and judgment. Authenticity over fakeness. And open-mindedness over narrow thinking. I have found that it's much easier to watch for these opportunities when I'm clear, when I have settled my muddy waters. And the good news for me is that I don't have to go anywhere. If I can stay aware... I can experience the guidance of the Tao by literally doing nothing. So let's be real for just a moment. Sitting there does seem pretty boring. And if I decided I'd do it every day for the rest of my life, I think I'd probably last like two days tops. It seems that while doing nothing is physically very easy, it's paradoxically one of those things that I'm just not good at. Like all things, I need to practice to get better at it, which I think is how I grow. And that is what the next section's about. Practice means growth. So here's the thing. I would think that being aware and conscious all the time would be an easy thing to do since it involves doing nothing. But as we discussed, I find it difficult to not be acting on impulse all the time. Maybe that's my lizard brain that I need to constantly be overriding. But whatever the case may be, I know one thing, that if I keep trying, I am in a much better position to be able to practice those things Lao Tzu talks about, awareness, dignity, 
humility, authenticity, open-mindedness, and clarity. So if the first part of this verse is a look to the ideal, and the second part says to gain clarity as much as possible, the third part basically tells me that practice makes perfect. Okay, maybe not perfect. I don't think there's such a thing actually, but practice means growth. A pushing forward into richer life experiences, deeper love, and greater serenity. Now, seeing that all I have to do to get those things is be still once in a while, the time is well spent, isn't it? I think so. In another translation, Charles Johnston says, Who follows the way seeks not to be overfilled. Since he is not full of self, he recognizes his faults and seeks not to be judged perfect. In this episode, Xiaolin Yang translates, These people who kept the Tao were never conceited. Only because they were not conceited were they able to create the future while preserving the past. To me, Lao Tzu seems to be saying that, look, you're not always going to be aware of things. You should try for the ideals our ancestors exhibited. It's not reasonable to expect that you can manage keeping those great qualities we mentioned in an always-on state. So instead, just turn your thoughts and attitudes into harmony with the Tao, and the Tao will do the rest. Of course, that's paraphrased by Dan. (laughs) So doing nothing? Yes. But not in a lazy way. In a purposeful way, with a Tao in mind. That's doing something while doing nothing. Should we still seek to clear the muddy waters? I think so. I think there are things we can do to enhance our ability to stay aware. You know, to practice it. So if I'm down with the Tao, I feel like I'll keep getting the gifts of the Tao at a more sustained and frequent rate. In the short time that I've been practicing, I've gained some wonderful gifts, some of which I'll share now. Number one, meditation has grown more meaningful. Two, the Tao has become more precious to me. Three, helping others is now my vehicle that puts me into harmony with the Tao, which means that I'm in much less much less worry, fear, and anger. I actually experience more joy and calm now. Number four, my automatic negative thinking has turned mostly into automatic positive thinking. And five, I'm aware of the positive impact that I can have on others, which helps that automatic positive thinking become more automatic. So I think I'll keep practicing. From what I can gather, moving into harmony with the Tao never stops providing me with growth. There's even evidence in the Tao Te Ching to support this. Remember we talked about the spirit of the valley in verse 6 and how the Tao is always giving? It's limitless. It's infinite. That sounds like a great deal to me. So to wrap up my experience with this verse today and considering growing into the Tao, I thought about three things. Number one is using hindsight as a guide. Number two is settling our muddy waters. And number three, practice means growth. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of growing into the Tao in this verse today. There's three things that I can do. I can practice becoming aware of when I'm agitated. Two, I can practice observing it without judgment. And three, I can become willing to allow something different. 
In practicing becoming aware of when I'm agitated, here's what I think about. My feelings are wonderful indicators of what's going on in my head, mostly because it's easier for me to recognize when I feel off balance. My natural tendency is to blame others when I'm feeling off. So-and-so said something that angered me. That person cut me off in traffic or an oldie but goodie. It's not my fault. A good way to practice being aware is to take these little moments when I feel agitated and allow them to be there. I catch myself getting frustrated because all of a sudden a person has messed with my chill. But if I sit with a feeling for a little while, I realize the person hasn't really caused my agitation. My perception has actually caused it. When so-and-so said something, it made me feel insecure deep down. And then I got frustrated with myself for feeling weak. When I got cut off in traffic, I felt afraid for my safety and I got irritated with the other person because I blamed them for making me feel vulnerable, which is really me. (laughs) And when I'm angry because something's not my fault, I'm really feeling blamed for something, which is my tendency to rely on others' opinions for my emotional well-being. So the next time you become agitated, allow yourself to sit with a feeling for a little bit. And instead of blaming it on others, just see what's really going on beneath the surface. And if this seems hard at first, that's totally okay. It takes a little practice. A little trick I like to use is asking myself why five times. So here's an example. So-and-so said something and I'm angry. Why? Because it's not fair of them. Why? Because I'm not really like that. Why is it important for others to know that? Because they shouldn't just judge me. Why? Because I know I act like that sometimes, but I'm really not like that most of the time. Okay, so all annoying why questions aside, this examination of my emotions has served me very well. The payoff after some practice is that I usually am not as bothered by external occurrences anymore And the times that I am, I'm usually not agitated for very long. Imperturbability, I think, is a good word. And yes, I looked it up. That's a word. All right, so if we have this feeling, let's talk about practicing observing it without judgment. So the next natural thing for me to do once I've uncovered the root cause of my agitation is to want to fix it right away. I must get rid of this sense of insecurity. Only, I've found that trying to tell myself not to feel something really doesn't work out. I just feel it more, mostly because it seems that I'm resisting that feeling at that point, which, as you may have experienced before, just makes things worse. (laughs) So, So instead, after observing that I feel insecure about certain things, but before I want to change it, I can avoid placing a judgment on it. So I feel insecure. I ask myself... Does that need to be a bad thing? Does it need to be a good thing? Can it just be a way that I've reacted to a certain situation? Sometimes I can ask myself, would I be willing to allow that insecurity to be there for a moment? When I ask me if I would be willing to allow it, somehow that helps me stop resisting the feeling and it goes away on its own. It's quite powerful. And I'd encourage you to try it. 
Okay, so now if we have examined our emotions, identified the root cause, and have allowed it to sit there for a moment, what's next? Well, turning our attention in a positive direction or becoming willing to allow something different. Okay, so I've identified something that makes me feel insecure and I'm not judging myself for it. I do see that it burns unnecessary energy as evidenced by my agitation. So the next question isn't how do I get rid of it? It's more like how do I replace this feeling of insecurity? Well, we can take a lesson from verse 2, duality, and look to insecurity's opposite. So the opposite of insecurity is feeling secure, right? I'm feeling insecure because she's got the wrong idea about me. Awesome. You know why? Because she has just helped me to realize that I actually am the way I want to be. <laughs> it's possible that her perception is a little off too. I can rest securely knowing, them, knowing that I'm already the way I want. Of course, this isn't like a pill I can take that will make my reactions go away. And this short application section of the episode represents a large subject area. In fact, I've taken quite a few years to build up these automatic reactions to things. But the good news is that I don't have to feel stuck by choosing these reactions every time. I can modify them by practicing awareness, observe them without judgment, and then by being open to replacing them by seeing the situation differently. And this is where I can start practicing growing into the Tao. I can use that 2020 vision gained from the ancients and ask myself, the next time I have an argument with so-and-so, how can I respond compassionately? Like the ancients, how can I respond with dignity? How can I respond with humility? How can I respond with authenticity? How can I respond with open-mindedness? And how can I respond with clarity? All right, so that'll wrap it up today. Thank you for listening. To consider the principle of growing into the Tao, I can do three things. Number one, I can practice becoming aware of when I'm agitated. Number two, I can practice observing it without judgment. And three, I can become willing to allow something different. To close out this episode, I'll read a final version of verse 15 translated by Xiaolin Yang. People in the past who practiced the Tao understood the real essence of the world so deeply that the ordinary people could not appreciate them. Because these people cannot be appreciated and understood, I will try to give you a rough sketch of them. They acted very cautiously, like walking on thin ice. They behaved very carefully, like being watched by everyone. They looked very dignified, like going to a banquet. They were very warm and kind, like being able to melt ice. They were very plain, like a block of uncarved wood. They had a very big heart, like a deep valley. They were very tolerant, like a flooding river that contains everything. Who can get clear water from mud by letting the mud settle slowly? Who can create new things gradually from stillness by taking the initiative? These people who kept the Tao were never conceited. 
only because they were not conceded, were they able to create the future while preserving the past. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.